0: This is the best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
0: Gary okay. Parish, CBSSports.com, Ion College Basketball Podcast is joining us on the Adam Gold Show. Before I talk to you about basketball, do you feel left out this time of the year because everybody just wants to talk about the Super Bowl and we don't give you a chance to
1: talk about the Super Bowl? I uh, well because I have a a, a two hour show five days a week I I I talk about Super Bowl Grammys whatever <laughs> whatever I want every single day so I I have other outlets where I uh, I can I can uh, share opinions about whatever I want but typically yes if I'm going to be a guest on somebody's show it is less Chiefs Forty Nine ers and more say Carolina Duke all right who you got in the game by the way on Sunday I, I'll take the Chiefs if only because you know my little guys. It's sort of interesting watching them grow up. We don't live in a market with an NFL franchise. Right. I, I guess technically the Tennessee Titans would be um, our our best option, but my kids don't care about anything in Nashville. <laughs> um, but but they they've really latched on to Patrick Mahomes. It reminds me of how when I was growing up, every young person had a Michael Jordan jersey. Uh-huh. I think now I think now young people have really like you're going to look up in twenty years and there's going to be millions of 25-year-olds all over the country in every state that, are, that call themselves Kansas City Chiefs fans, and that is because of the stardom. At least it's, it's mostly because of the stardom of Patrick Mahomes. So my little guys, they'll be in their Mahomes jerseys, and I guess I'll, 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 I'll root for them.
0: And did they like Taylor Swift?
1: They love Taylor Swift. They like yeah. Travis Kelsey. You know, they started playing Madden. And that's sort of how they got into it. Sure. And then YouTube, YouTube is such a, a big deal. Yeah. But um, it's just, it, it's interesting to see because my kids don't watch SportsCenter, right? They don't even turn on, you know, televisions in any sort of traditional way. They're just constantly on iPads and, yeah. and YouTube. And it's interesting to see what infiltrates their world. Like, how do they find out about things? And clearly Patrick Mahomes has reached a level of superstardom where he, he breaks through in a way that, you know, different other professional athletes do not like, I don't think my kids have – well, they do because they play Madden, but this is my point. Under normal circumstances, they would have no idea who Brock Purdy is, <laughs> but they are very aware of Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yes, we, uh, we're we all aware of Patrick Mahomes. If, like if you watch any TV because of the commercials, because he's in basically every commercial now. He, and so is Travis Kelsey. I would argue that Kelsey might be in more commercials than Patrick Mahomes. Gary Parrish. all right, we'll talk basketball. I on College Basketball Podcast, if you are a fan – of college basketball, that should be a must-stop uh, like several times a week. But so let's get to the game Saturday night. With I, I do want your take on the game itself, but I want to I want to start big picture first because uh, there was some I don't know why, but there was some thought that maybe North Carolina, because the ACC is not vintage, that Carolina isn't a true national championship contender which I disagree with. I think they absolutely are. What's your view of the Tar Heels nationally?
1: Well, let's just start with the big question. Is North Carolina a national championship contender? I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you look at the roster and the roster suggests they should be. Um, you look at uh, the the resume, and I think it's a, a number one seed resume at this point. I would have Carolina as, as a number one seed along with Houston and, and UConn and, and Purdue right now, um, you know, they, they, they looked apart. The you know, they, they, they really handled Duke with very few issues over the weekend. Right. They, uh, you know, the, the, the slip-up at Georgia Tech is, is obviously you don't want that happening, but it was just a one-point loss on the road. Those types of things do often happen. Um, but, I mean, top 25 and adjusted offensive efficiency, top 10 in adjusted defensive efficiency – they shoot it okay enough from three. They've got an incredible point guard and a, a you know a, 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 a accomplished and and uh, experienced big who went for twenty five and ten. <laughs> I don't know that I'll pick Carolina to win the title, but can they? Absolutely, they can. There's no question. All right, now again, big
0: picture, uh, and it's not always great to judge somebody on your. Uh, it, not your worst day, but certainly not a day that uh, you want put in the time capsule. Cause I think just listening to John Shire after the game, he was disappointed in one major element of the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on Duke?
1: I think Duke's good, but that's where I would stop it. Right. That, you know, uh, I, I think Duke has the potential to be great, but I don't think Duke is great. And I don't think Duke has been great at any point this season. I mean, we're we're pretty deep into this thing now. It's yep. February fifth, and and Duke is five and five in the first two quadrants. Like just five and five in the first two quadrants. Um, you know, for some uh, context, if you look at Purdue right now, Purdue is fifteen and two in the first two quadrants. Duke is five and five, and th- that that that's the, that's what separates the great from the good. Um, UConn is clearly great. I think Houston is clearly great. Kansas is getting great. Tennessee is right there on the verge of that. Uh, Duke is, is right now looks like a, a really talented basketball team that's closer to good than great. It doesn't mean they can't get there, but, you know, again, it's February 5th, and I don't think there's been any moment this season where they, they, they quite looked the way you need to look when you're supposed to be competing for the things that the Duke team was supposed to compete for.
0: Gary Parish, CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast. He does that with Matt Norlander. We talk to uh, Kanata Edwards, not a scribe, all the time. Uh, sure. He is a good friend, uh, and I know he does very well for you guys. Uh, so I love the uh, I love the I love this you know, the way it all comes together. Um, the the league, the way the well. Let me go to the game uh, first. John Shire was more concerned about the way his team. Competed or the way they didn't compete in the game. I think Carolina did a lot of that to Duke because of the way Carolina competed. Uh, but how did you view the game? What was the, in your opinion, the element that Carolina had more than Duke had?
1: Um, I, well, just to the simplest of terms, I just think Carolina is the better basketball team. And right. when Carolina is the better basketball team at home, I wasn't surprised by the result. I wasn't surprised that Carolina won the game. I wasn't surprised that Carolina. Uh, won the game nearly by double digits and controlled it um you know for, for pretty much the majority of of those forty minutes um, you know i 'll let John speak to whether his players showed up or not competed or not, but clearly with his post-game comments that suggested that whether it 's true or not he didn't believe that it was true their biggest bigger issue though was that you know Carolina came out and shot above thirty seven percent from three and then got a massive you know, sort of a throwback offensive performance from Armando Baycott. Ten of thirteen from the field, twenty-five points, ten rebounds. He had not been doing that to people for much of the season. That's his first twenty-five and ten game in in nearly three months. So I think the main thing that Duke ran into um, on Saturday night is is the main thing anybody's going to run into when they go to the Dean Smith Center this season. You are not only um, on the road, but you're on the road against a team that's better than you. And that's a a hard game to win. It doesn't mean that I don't think Duke will um, finish uh, top two in the ACC, because I do. It doesn't mean that I don't think Duke can advance deep in the bracket once they get there, because the roster is, uh, you know, filled with potential. But right now, Duke is not a comparable basketball team in North Carolina, and I thought that was on display, uh, you know, a couple nights ago.
0: How did how, the the ACC is viewed as? I know th- this is the way people like talk about it. The Mountain West Conference will have more NCAA tournament teams than the ACC. Whether that's true or not, when we finally get to the second week in March, uh, or the third week in March when the tournament begins, remains to be seen. But most brackets have f- four, maybe five Mountain West Conference teams, and they've got three. In the Atlantic Coast Conference. Without saying, are we serious? Let me just say, are we serious? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know?
1: It might shake out that way. Um, and it doesn't mean that the Mountain West is a better league than the ACC. It just means that the Mountain West might have more NCAA tournament caliber teams than the ACC. The ACC was still grayed out as a better league because the the middle and the bottom is going to be better than the middle and the bottom of the Mountain West. But at the tip top, I, I do think it's a, a reasonable opinion to hold that the Mountain West has more good teams than the ACC has. And, That's a real problem for the ACC, and some of it is because, you know, we talked about this before. Like, Syracuse is one of the biggest basketball brands in the country, but they're not good. Louisville is one of the biggest basketball brands in the country. They're not good. Um, You need some of these big brands that, that should, you know, make people wonder if you can be the best basketball league in the country, which is something people have talked about over the years with the ACC. You need them to be excellent. Virginia is just okay. That's another problem. You know, it's not enough for just Duke and North Carolina to be in the top twenty of the net. They don't have anybody else in the top thirty-five. That's a, that's a problem, and it's why on Selection Sunday, um, right? It, it's why on Selection Sunday they won't get as many teams as, as you think that they, or, or some people might think that they should, and it's why the. The, the league has been considered down for 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 multiple years now.
0: But isn't it just Gary Parisham, Ion College Basketball Podcast, CBS Sports is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Isn't it really just a math problem that can be gamed? You know, now I'm not I'm not uh, necessarily calling into question the net here, although it's the same thing. Uh, but back I don't know how many years ago uh, this goes. The uh, Missouri Valley Conference had gamed the RPI system to where they could create a lot more top 25 or top 50 wins in the RPI based on how they formulated non-conference schedules, which builds up better power ratings as you go, you know, you know better RPI numbers as you get into conference play. And then you just start chewing each other up and it doesn't hurt you as much. Is, isn't it basically a math problem that maybe the ACC is... Been late to figuring out which is on their on themselves more than any anybody else. Anyway,
1: I do remember what you're talking about with the Missouri Valley and the RPI, and I remember that being a big topic of conversation. I do believe that it is possible to manipulate some of these computer um, some of these computer numbers, and I do think that past success um, leads to to future success because quite literally, past success from previous seasons is still. Um, a part of the algorithm in some of these predictive metrics, including pop. So, if you are good one year, you're set up to be good the next, and vice versa is also true. Um, but ultimately, I think the main thing is the main thing, and that you have to be good. You got to get right. stuff done outside your league. I don't believe the Big Twelve is grading out as the best league in the country simply because they figured out how to game the system. I think the Big Twelve. Has more good teams than anybody else in the country, and the byproduct of that is is strong computer numbers for the league so I think there there might be a smarter way for some ACC programs to to approach non league scheduling in the spirit of trying to build strong computer numbers, but the most important thing is is still uh, the best way to be good in the computers is to recruit good players, yeah. develop them and then have great teams
0: oh there there's there's no doubt about that, and you you point out Syracuse and Louisville. I keep saying this to everybody who would listen. Um, if Duke and North Carolina are not great, the league automatically looks down. Uh, just like if Ohio state or Michigan were not great, the big 10 would automatically appear uh, to be not as good. Although I would argue that the big 10 in football uh, is a house of cards after you get to Ohio, through Ohio state, and Michigan. Uh, but that's just an editorial comment by me. Um, but This year, it looks like North Carolina looks to be excellent. Duke looks to be at least good. Uh, I think Virginia's probably better than you think Virginia is. I think they went through it for a while on the road, but it looks to me like they've kind of figured it out, Uh, and my money would be on Tony Bennett to figure out. Final question. Why doesn't past performance in the NCAA tournament seem to matter? Because while all of these things were going on, while the, the ACC was getting four teams in or, uh, you know, far less than the other power leagues. They keep putting teams in the final four. Why doesn't that matter?
1: I think what a smart analytics-driven person would tell you is that um, it is better to evaluate basketball teams over three or four months as opposed to over a three-week tournament, that the randomness of the NCAA tournament is what makes it one of the biggest events in American sports, but it is also what makes it where if you are hiring or firing people or making big decisions based off of what somebody does in a single elimination tournament, um, you're probably taking a little bit of a short-sighted approach. So I, I, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Like, like, I don't think that ACC is just getting lucky to, to get teams into the Final Four or right. the Elite Eight. Uh, while the Big Ten is struggling to do those things. Uh, I think there's probably some real substance there, but but largely I, I think what, what, say, Ken Pomeroy or Bart Torvick or any of these people who um, really look at the data and study it and study it and pour through it, they would tell you that it is much more appropriate to determine whether somebody is a good or bad team based off of 30 games or sure. 35 games as opposed to – just a three-week tournament we put at the very end.
0: Sample size, uh, you, we we could just said yeah. Small sample size is ne- is never a good way of discussing it. Real quick, Ken Palm or Bart Torvik, which I call free Ken Palm. Uh, which I, that's exactly right. <laughs> it,
1: it's funny, like um, you know, Torvik is there for people who don't want to subscribe to Ken Palm, <laughs> but Ken Palm's still only like twenty dollars a year. I know. Like I don't care. Like it, it's Ken, Ken, it's Ken's business. I don't care. But I've always thought like he could charge a hundred dollars a year and i would still have to buy it five hundred dollars a year i would still have to buy it so i think he could he could probably increase his prices at some point i use them both daily the the, the main difference between the two is that you can at Kimpa i mean at bart torvik you can go sort data and like really if you take this person off this team um what happens then uh, so, like the new, like every week, there's like a new big one people want to look at. So, it's like what now the new one is what is Kansas with Johnny Furphy in the starting lineup? Because they've <laughs> made an adjustment there and taken off. At Ken Palm, you can't really determine that, but at com you can actually go pick the date where Johnny Furphy became a starter and then run the data through the past seven games that he's been starting. And what that will spit out is that over the past seven games, Kansas is performing like a top three team in the country, right there with UConn and Purdue. That's one of the advantages of going on that website. But <laughs> if anybody ever is interested in just better understanding, you know, the, 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 not necessarily the sport of basketball or the game of basketball, but certainly all of the data that's available to help determine who is good, who is not, and how these teams play and what they are good at and what they're not good at. Uh, These resources are um, really worth your time.
0: Oh, they are. They are tremendous. I just joke about uh, Bart Torvik being free Ken Palm. I mean, sort of is. Um, Dude, can I get a a, a metric on what Carolina is with Hubert Davis in a blazer? Because I think they've been great since he decided, you know what? Dean Smith wore a sport jacket for every game. I'm going to wear a sport jacket for every game. And, uh... I'm kind of I'm kind of team sport coat. I wish I wish more coaches would bring it back, but that's just
1: because uh, they're wasting a lot of good clothes. I think I um, I I do like the 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 fact that we've gotten away from coaches must be in suits on the sideline for every game. But I will tell you, there are times where you see a coach walk in and he's literally wearing a T-shirt, and it just looks um, a little less than it than it than it, it used to look, but. Uh, for Hubert, listen. If the sport coat's working, and that's how he's got his yeah. team positioned to win an ACC title and and perhaps get a one seed into tournament, and keep keep wearing the sport coats every game. And if you got a lucky one, you know wear that one more than the others because uh, whatever he's doing right now, it it seems to be working. And I'm I'm super happy for him because I know he wasn't dealing with job pressure coming into this year. I don't think. Right. But after going through what they went through last season, people do start to ask big questions about you. And um, he seems to be providing suitable answers for those right
0: now gary parrish at gary parrish cbs on twitter Ion college basketball podcast hey thank you very much my friend i appreciate your time
1: anytime buddy appreciate you having me jake i'm getting worried my house hunt's taking longer than expected we've made so many offers and keep losing out you could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage?
0: The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000.
1: And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Go! Learn how you can score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.